Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Sally, I need your help more than anyone's. You certainly do, Jack. I had the most terrible vision. That's splendid. No, it was about your Christmas. There was smoke and fire. That's not my Christmas. My Christmas is filled with laughter and joy and this my sandy claws outfit i want you to make it jack please listen to me it's going to be a disaster how could it be welcome to the syndicate a film and tv podcast be a part of the conversation as industry insiders genre lovers and cinephiles dare to peek beyond the curtains of imagination and dive into the art of cinema Join us as we want you to spend less time scrolling and more time watching. Now here's your host, Armand Haddad. Carla, thank you so much for coming back onto the show. We originally had this for Halloween because we'll get into it later. But I I think there's a little bit of a debate whether this is a Halloween movie or a Christmas movie. But this is now in the Christmas season, so... Thank you so much for coming and for recommending A Nightmare Before Christmas. Of course. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. So before we get into the movie, I want to know, how did what was your introduction to The Nightmare Before Christmas? Oh, my gosh. Well, this is definitely one of those films where it's almost like I feel like it's been around my whole life. Um, I can't remember a concrete moment like I just it's just always been there um you know it was in my childhood it came out in what 94 I believe um 93 93 so I was only three at the time um I was two (laughs) yeah (laughs) so I want to say I probably didn't see it until maybe I was a little bit older but you know it was in 
the the universe yeah. it was out there so i just always remember it being around but um yeah uh just such a classic nostalgic film um you know and i feel like within the last decade it's kind of blown up a little bit more in the pop culture scene um right, right. i mean rightfully so it's just it's so great yeah. um yeah and i just think it's the love for it continues to grow um whether it's halloween or christmas to you <laughs> you know it's uh it's just great it's great to watch any time of the year let's just True. let's just put yes. it at that <laughs> i am one of those yeah. that you know horror movies isn't confined to just october or halloween it's it's a year round thing and with the nightmare before christmas it doesn't have to be during christmas time or halloween time you can watch it anytime it's just it's a really good movie it's just an entertaining movie i don't know when i first watched it but i watched a lot of disney uh growing up and the nightmare before christmas is a disney film and i had the vhs like clamshell plastic <laughs> thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> for it and yeah that would be it would be nightmare before christmas um, I'm trying to think of like the other Disney films I would put on repeat, but Nightmare Before Christmas was one of those movies that was on a lot uh, in my house. And I absolutely was enthralled by it because I think it was like the claymation or whatever stop motion yeah. uh, they used for this film. It's like, it just feels so tactile and so real in comparison to like, uh, like Snow White, Cinderella, uh, the Little Mermaid, where it's like hand drawn, it's cartoons. But right. this is like a whole nother dimension. It's like it was 3D before 3D animation uh, is what it is today. Like it's just something so special and timeless with how this story is presented. Yeah. And I mean, I know we'll probably talk about it a little bit more, but um, like that stop motion, that was pretty new at the time. Like Tim Burton really set the tone um for that type of medium with yes. films moving forward um and it's also funny that you mentioned it's a disney movie because originally it was not a disney movie really disney yeah so burton original he presented it to disney i think he worked for disney at that time um and the whole film is based off of a poem that he wrote okay. and he was like hey like, here's the story I have. How would you feel if we turned it into a film? And Disney, you know, they read it, they talked to him, and they were like, eh, this is a little weird for <laughs> our audiences. Yeah. And, and, like, it makes me laugh because now I'm just like, look at it. It's, you know, everybody loves it. Um, but, yeah, originally it was not Disney, and they turned it down. I think it was Touchstone Pictures. And then that sounds about right. Later on, Disney was like, oh, hold on. This is getting a little popular. By the way, uh, we still own the rights. So I'm just going to take that back. <laughs> yeah. This is mine now. <laughs> yeah. There's a good, um, I think it's the movies that made us, I want to say. Do you know that series? Yeah, on Netflix. Have you watch that. I think one of those is all about this movie and how, like, like Tim Burton and Disney and like how that all went back and forth. They talked to Danny Elfman. That's a whole other thing about this movie. That's just, yeah. But um, highly yeah. recommend to watch that. Yeah. It's, him and uh, Danny Elfman are like the perfect duo to like 
bring these stories to life because like Tim Burton is like, you know, the directing storytelling side. And then, um, and Danny Elfman is like the music, uh, aspect of it. It's like a yin and a yang because like they first, I mean, they've been attached to the hip. I mean, they did Mm -hmm. Pee Wee, Beetlejuice, Batman. Batman. Um, so it makes sense that they would continue that collaboration. It's like, well, I mean, yeah, they're both very, uh, eclectic, Quirky, yeah. quirky dudes. There's something <laughs> about that, like the weirdos that make these really interesting uh, stories. But yeah, Danny Elfman, like his music goes hard in Nightmare Before Christmas. And like yeah. in true Disney fashion, it's essentially a musical start to finish. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Nightmare Before Christmas. And all the songs are like bangers. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, that so one of the things that that documentary talks about is all of the music was written first. Like Danny Elfman wrote all the songs and then the script was molded around all of the songs. I didn't know that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's again, it's like once you know the background and like all of the like history behind how they made it, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Now, do you know a little bit more about that? Like, so Danny Elfman created the music first, and then Tim Burton developed a story around that? Yeah. Um, I mean, he had his poem, right? Like, he wrote that poem. And then when he brought everything to Danny, Danny was like, oh, yeah, like, I could probably make some music for this. And then he wrote, you know, all the different numbers. Um And then from there, I guess Tim Burton was like, okay, like, how do we incorporate, like, my story around what he's, what he's composed? And he's the, Danny Elfman is the singing voice for Jack, too. So it kind of makes sense. I didn't know that either. Like, I was looking at the the cast and I was like, oh, Danny Elfman's Jack Skellington? Like, wait, Mm -hmm. what? And then I see two people build for Jack Skellington. It's... Chris Sarandon and Danny Elfman. Yeah. He was, so Danny was going to do the speaking voice and the singing voice. And for whatever reason, Tim Burton was kind of like, no, like this isn't really working <laughs> as far as the speaking voice goes. Right. Um, so then I he guess they hired, <laughs> yeah. So they hired Chris Sarandon and Chris Sarandon kind of molded his voice around how Danny sounded when Jack Skellington is singing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because like, it's seamless. I didn't know there was two two different yeah. people doing the... Because like with Disney back in the day, uh, 90s, they would hire you know the speaking role for the princess, and then they would have a different person do the singing. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it was a little bit obvious. Yeah. From movie yeah. to movie. And so it makes sense that they did it for for this movie but wow chris sarandon molded his voice around danny elfman because like it is seamless i didn't know yeah it's really like, cool wow. that's so cool but yeah this like whether it's the lyrics or the stanzas from the poem like there's like like a there's a clear story being told uh with jack skellington and sally and the people of halloween town um where there's like this, I mean, there's so many different themes with like self-discovery and identity and embracing differences and diversity and like, you know, isolation. 
I want to I want to touch upon all those different themes uh, with the music and the story, especially with Jack's character because like we we meet Jack, um, and we can get into the plot a little bit. We meet Jack, and he is like longing for something new and longing for something, you know, to break out of his isolation because like he is truly the pumpkin king, but like you know. I don't want to say it's getting a little bit boring, but he's dissatisfied with the routine of Halloween town. Right. It's the same, the same spiel every year. <laughs> it's the same old shtick. Yeah. <laughs> and he wants something new and he discovers Christmas town. Would you like to unpack that a little bit? Yeah. Um, so they have their whole like ceremony. They bring him, you know, they bring him out for Halloween. Um, and once all the party time is over, Jack kind of, you know, he walks off, um, off into, like, there's a graveyard, and then there's, like, the famous, um, what would you call it, like a Hill, cliff. spiral hill, hill timber, The spiraling hill, hill. yeah. Um, and there's a musical number. Um, and then he finds himself in this forest, and there's a circle of trees and each tree has a different symbol from different holidays so we have thanksgiving you see easter i think valentine's day is on yeah, there heart. um so he's looking and then he turns and he sees the christmas tree on the tree and uh yep. he's you know enamored by it it's like oh, yeah. what is this um and the door he opens the door and he gets sucked in and he lands in christmas town and uh and he says what's you know, this what's this <laughs> <laughs> um so and you know it's nothing he's never he's ever seen before because everybody's supposed to stay in their respective uh you know places yeah. universes whatever you want to call it um but yeah he's just totally fascinated and he's like hey like this is a great way to Bring a little change, shake things up a bit to Halloween Town. Yeah. And he the big the big thing is Santa Claus. Right. Like he's like, look at this dude. <laughs> you know, it's and he's almost kind of confused. Like, why would you why would you go around giving presents to everybody? Right. You know? Because Halloween Town, they're so used to the morbidity and the scaring and death and mm -hmm. and this is the total opposite right. of everything that he's ever known. And trick-or-treating is like you're taking. You're not giving right. unless right. you're the one giving the candy. But like you're you're yeah. it's the act of taking something from somebody. Yeah. And Christmas is the opposite. It's giving a gift to someone else. So he's like, what? This is all yeah. crazy topsy-turvy. Yeah, he sees snow. He sees decorations. He sees Santa. Uh, he, it's like a completely new thing for him, and he wants to embrace it. And he takes that back to Halloween Town. Yeah. So he's like, he, he returns to Halloween Town. You know, he breaks out of his little depression uh, because, like, he was, like, isolated in his high tower in his house. Jack! Jack, come <laughs> out! Um, so he comes back and he's like, oh, he learns the magic of Christmas. And he wants to apply that to Halloween Town. And he teaches everyone about Halloween, um, uh, Christmas. And he tries to embody the spirit of Christmas, and he tries to embody the spirit of Santa Claus. Except yeah. it goes horribly wrong, because like they're applying their Halloween logic to Christmas, 
Right. And it just doesn't work. And with Santa Claus, because, like, the main antagonist of the story is Oogie Boogie, who's like a burlap sack creature. Little bugs. Yeah, he's comprised of (laughs) bugs on the inside. And he... Um, he, uh, he captures Santa Claus. He kidnaps Santa Claus. Right? Well, the, the three, uh, uh his minions do. Yeah. Lock, Shock, and Barrel. Yes, Lock, Shock, yes. and Barrel. And did you By know- the way, another fun fact. Yes. Do you know who the voices are for them? Paul Rubens is Lock. Um, and Catherine, uh, Catherine O'Hara is Shock. Mm-hmm. Who's Barrel? It's Danny. Danny Elfman. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> And Catherine O'Hara is Sally, too. Yes. So it's pretty cool. Like, yeah. I didn't, like, and, like, the characters kind of look like they're real-life they counterparts, do, yeah. too. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, I love this movie so much. Another great number. Yes. Yeah. Kid, I miss her Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I like, was going to say the, going just going back to when he goes to Christmas Town. my favorite line of that song is, there's children throwing snowballs instead of throwing heads. <laughs> best it's so good (laughs) like the lyrics of all these songs are so so good yeah like danny elfman is like he's a i don't know about you but every time i watch it like the opening number i get goosebumps every time oh yeah 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 Yeah. it sets the stage it sets the stage for the entire story yeah and oh my god it's it's so good but like yeah like with um with Jack Skellington's character, he, like, embraces this new culture that he stumbles upon. And mm-hmm. he brings it back to Halloween Town. And with uh, with Santa Claus kidnapped by Oogie Boogie and his minions, Jack thinks he can be Santa Claus. So he goes uh, to Christmas Town to try to be Santa. And, like, what's interesting is, like I said earlier, like, the the... The Halloween people try to apply their Halloween logic to Christmas stuff. So it's like, it's Christmas things, but it's all like twisted. It's not mm-hmm. exactly right. It's still making Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> like you can't, you can't not sing it. So good. <laughs> and so like they, they create these like morbid presents. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just wreaking havoc on the poor people uh, in the Christmas world. Like they're opening up the presents and it's just like it's like a severed head. Yeah. Or one of them's like a snake and he's like eating everything. Eating the tree, yeah. <laughs> and like they're like calling the military. So like we need there's <laughs> we have to stop this guy. And, yeah. And like that's they, the one part I always forget. Like they call in the yeah, like the military, they're like shooting mortars up at yes. his <laughs> Shoot him down. Like, oh my gosh. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> But Sally warned him. She tried to tell him before. He was like, right. this is not going to work. You're the pumpkin king. You're not Santa. Right. She's and like the voice listen. of reason for, for Jack. And yep. he was like, nope. Not going to listen. Going to do make my own my thing. Make my suit. <laughs> make my suit, woman. Shut up and make my suit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sally. She's the best. Like, I have to say, though, she's... Probably, like for me, she's my least favorite character of the movie. I don't know. Do you think she's underdeveloped as a character? 
maybe slightly. I mean, it's she kind of like she her purpose is kind of to serve for Jack, right? In a way, um, doesn't pass the Blacktail test. But but then, <laughs> well, that's yeah, that's what I was thinking of. But at the same time, like she also has her kind of story where you know she was created by the professor guy and Dr. Frankenstein um, looking dude. Yeah. And he's like, you know, you're mine. You'll never be free. Like, you know, right. Um, so her whole thing is no, like I'm the, I'm my own being person, whatever she is. Right. Um, and I don't need to, you know, listen to you and do everything you tell me to do. I have feelings. I have emotions. Right. Um, so I guess I would say she's underdeveloped. It's just, I don't like her musical number is my least favorite. I feel the same way. Like when I was rewatching this film for this podcast, um, when her song came on, I'm like, oh yeah, this is when I (laughs) might turn my brain off. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's it's just not a good song. Like all the songs are great, but that one's definitely the weakest link. Yeah. Yeah. And Catherine O'Hara is great. Um, Oh yeah. You know, but yeah, that one just doesn't, it doesn't hit the way the other ones do. Yeah. Danny, Danny should have put that in the oven a little bit longer. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't fully baked yet. Yeah. Like, cause I really like Sally's story where she's like, she is the creature that the professor made and she's kind of like imprisoned and like, she's like bound to him, but like she mm-hmm. wants to break free. She wants freedom. And she kind of sees that in Jack a little bit because like Jack's whole thing is like, he's sad with like the whole, like, going through the motions he's sick of mm-hmm. halloween it's the same old stuff every single year he wants something new and sally is a little bit like that but her newness she wants to break free she wants to you know be her own person as opposed to right. serving um the professor character yeah it's and it's almost um it's almost like She's, you know, she's found this freedom, right? And she's discovered who she is and she's okay with that. You know, she's, she accepts her identity. She accepts like, oh, this is my world. This is what I do. And she tries to, I think she tries to make Jack see that. Like, you know, yes, do we do the same thing every year? But like, you're supposed to embrace that. Right. Um, You know, that's part of who you are. Self-discovery. Because like- yeah, the way you put it, like Sally, she already achieved that. This is me. This is who yeah. I am. And Jack is struggling with that. He's wrestling with that. Hence why he's like cutting himself off, you know, isolating himself. He doesn't have that moment where he has that self-discovery yet. Mm-hmm. He goes to Christmas Town and he's like, oh, it's part of his journey. He's like, oh, wow, look at this place. Yeah. Isn't it neat? but like that it it aids for his self-discovery because at the end of the film he's like oh i am the pumpkin king he tried Mm -hmm. being something else he wanted something new he tried it didn't work but then he realizes like oh that's not who i am who i am is the pumpkin lord i am you know the king of halloween town Mm -hmm. that's who i should be and he sounds like stay in your lane bro (laughs) (laughs) I love that. 
Yeah, and like I appreciate that with this film. It's like there there's there is a purpose to it. Like and you know what was the phrase? Like Jack fucked around and then he found out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And poor Santa Claus, he's like caught in the crosshair. I know. He's just doing his own thing and then he gets kidnapped. And the Easter Bunny, too. Right. Remember they bring the Easter Bunny first. <laughs> this guy, right? No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm very sorry, sir. <laughs> oh, my God. But yeah. But what I, I think what I love is that the film is so simple, yet. It's so complex at the same time. Right. You know? How is it? Because as a kid, you watch it and, you know, oh, you know. The visuals draw you in, the jokes, the music. But then Mm -hmm. as an adult watching this, you're like, oh, there's a lot of commentary going on within the lyrics. There's a lot of commentary Mm -hmm. going on within the dialogue. Like, it's not just a children's story. It's more than that. It's like, yeah, it's made for kids. But, like, what they touch upon is some pretty deep stuff and universal stuff that anybody can can jive with. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful yes. story. I um, I got to see this in, co- like, a concert they did, like, a live thing. Are you serious? Thing. Mm-hmm. Where? Um, it was in... Um, in Jersey? It was... It wasn't New York. Yeah, it's at the, um, I don't know if you know, like, Newark. I know Newark. Newark? That's where my chemical romance is from. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But there's a performing arts center in Newark, and they did a performance of it. Kind of like how they do the Lord of the Rings. Okay. uh, Once. So you had the the movie playing, and then the orchestra underneath it doing the soundtrack. That's so awesome. And what was cool was Danny Elfman came out. And sang. Yeah, it was pretty wild. <laughs> Did you know that going in? No, it was like a total, yeah. Are yeah, you it was it was crazy. Oh yeah. my god. And he sounds exactly like like he did in the film. Like there wasn't one tone off. Like it was crazy. Because he's yeah. a professional. Yeah. He just has concerts for his music, period. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's a like, Danny Elfman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they didn't have Paul or Catherine there, um, but he was there for it. And uh Paul yeah, it was pretty it was pretty cool. Wow. That's oh my god. Did the crowd like lose their mind? Oh yeah, yeah. Did you lose your mind? Oh yeah. I went with my because my aunt is a big she loves she loves the movie too. Um, you know, we just we were just kinda like <laughs> <laughs> You know, <laughs> is this actually happening right now? Yeah. Oh my God, that's in- that's incredible. I yeah. would have did. I would have stood up. I would have clapped. Yeah, those. I don't know. Have you been to one of those like movie symphonies? Oh, at all? I've I've been to several. I've been okay. to a few Star I feel like Wars. They're ones. a little more lax than your like you know just straight like symphony orchestra performances yeah, because you're at a typical. Um, symphonic uh concert you're not allowed to clap do not clap yeah do not make noise and with these movie ones yeah it is more lax because like you're watching a film so yeah you know it's it's like watching it's an elevated cinema experience right yeah 
It's so sick because like they're so, I mean, the professionals, they're so good. It sounds like the actual, like they just press it's cr- play. It's uh, crazy. Yeah. Movie. It's, yeah. it's so good. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm going to the, the two towers in February. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very nice. Um, can't wait. <laughs> I saw I wait. a fellowship. And we talked yeah. about this yeah. years ago. Yeah, I saw a fellowship um with a huge it was like a we have this thing called Ravinia, where it's like this outdoor um music festival that happens every single year. And they did uh the the fellow they did the whole trilogy, but I saw a fellowship of the ring. Nice. And yeah. oh my god, just imagine outdoor. The string lights on the trees. It's night. The orchestra's playing the whole mu- uh, movie. Movies on in the background. It's yeah. it was. It's a yeah. mood. It's a vibe. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're definitely cool experiences because it's a movie you've seen. You know how Count, many times? times, but like with Nightmare, you know, it's it's just I don't know it elevates it to another you level. You focus in on the music and you yeah. realize how good the music is. Yeah. Like with, if the music wasn't as good as it was, I don't think we would be talking about this movie. Like this would be like a cult classic, but like this movie is like everybody's jam. Yep. Yeah. Like I think it's very rare that I've ever heard anybody say like, oh, I don't really like The Nightmare Before Christmas. And when I have heard that, I'm like, are you human? Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> it might be because The Nightmare Before Christmas is such a pop culture icon. Like, for example, back in the day, I'm sure if you go into <laughs> Hot Topic now, it's yeah. still there. But, like, if you yeah. go into Hot Topic, it's, like, all Nightmare Before Christmas stuff. So, like, all, like, the mall goth kids <laughs> all wear Jack Skellington on them. Yep. So, like... If you're if you didn't grow up with this movie and like you see like weirdos wearing like Nightmare Before Christmas hoodies or something like that, you'd be like, ah, fuck that movie. (laughs) Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So, but like, but know. like I was saying, it's, you know, it set, it set the tone for that medium of filmmaking with the stop motion and the claymation right. and all that. It's a bit of a renaissance. Um, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's, it amazes me how they do it because they have to create every little 
facial expression and movement and I don't know like that just it blows me away it's almost like how like I I don't think they do it anymore but like South Park right like Trey and Matt used felt right. to do everything in the first um, few seasons it was the yeah. same thing stop motion um so I don't know that like that's just so it's so tedious it's right. so time consuming but when you're done that end result is it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. South Park uses Maya now, which is like a 3D modeling software, but they uh, they have it all flat so they can move. Gotcha. It's, it's 3D. So, so it's in a digital space now. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if Nightmare Before Christmas is 24 frames a second or 29 frames uh, per second. But if it, either one, it's 24 camera clicks for one second. Yeah, that's insane. And it is an hour, 15-minute film. You do the math. It's thousands. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And they have to move it at like a fraction of a centimeter, an inch, like yep. for each. Like it's – it's. I don't even know how they even do that because yeah. like digitally you can like see where the previous one was. But this was like before digital. This was early 90s. This was on film. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! I can't even imagine that. And it holds up. It's one of those. It's one of those films that, even like thirty, forty years from now, like it still looks good. Oh yeah, yeah. Because it was shot on film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like this is, I would love a four K transfer of this Whoa. film. Oh, it looks so good. Like because <laughs> like it's all real. It's all real. Yeah. Shot on film because like film. Like film is like 8K or 10K. Like it, you can, it definitely transitioned well into the HD era that we're in right yeah, now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh I like God. how you said at the beginning, it's very tactile, like, t- tactile, you tangible. You feel it. Yeah. That was, yeah. I like, I think that was one of the things I remember watching it. Even things that were not solid, right? Like when Sally like poisons the soup and the she soup. takes, like, how do I, they? Do I wanted that. to drink that soup. Right? <laughs> like, it's so cool. Like, the fountain. And when she pours the fog into the fountain and the fog. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, I don't, it just amazes me how they're able to capture, like you said, like, those textures that, mm-hmm. that like, sensory. It's very mm-hmm. sensory mm-hmm. oriented. Exactly. Yeah. Like, everything has texture to it. Like, and nothing the colors seems too. Fake. Yeah, it's. Oh my god! Like, like I love how Oogie Boogie is that like neon fluorescent, and like his little skeleton, like Tommy gun things come out, and <laughs> you know they're all bright and the dice glow. Yeah, and... the 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 black light uh, sequences. Yeah, yep. For his numbers and stuff. Yeah, like, oh my god! It's everything about this film is just a visual treat. Mm-hmm. Like you watch it and it's like, you can't help but have a good time yeah. watching this. Like, yeah, this is what, this is what movies are all about. <laughs> like there's nothing boring about this movie. Maybe Sally's uh, number, but <laughs> yeah, except for Sally's <laughs> that's just between you and I. Yeah. I mean, this movie like start to finish is like so good. And what's great about it is like, there's a, even like with Sally's number, it's not dull. It's still visually interesting like she's yeah. you know singing in the moonlight 
Uh, it's still like visually captivating, even though the lyrics are kind of kind of kind of meh. But overall, it's like you're still watching something really interesting. Yeah, I think I think the thing with her song is it's very. Um, I mean, I'm not a musician. I don't know anything about you know like technical theory <laughs> and all that stuff. Yeah. But just to like touch a little bit on some things that I know about music. Um, there's a, I don't, I feel like I've mentioned this before. Um, there's a podcast called the soundtrack show. It's David, David Collins. He does a lot of work for sound with star Wars. Oh, wow. Um, okay. but he has a podcast where he looks at different, um, film scores, TV scores, things like that. And he breaks it down for like layman's ears. So nice people like us where we're like, mm-hmm. ah, you know, this is a cool song. I like the song. Um, and one of the episodes that he touches upon is about like doom and gloom in music. And I don't know if you've ever heard of this before, but it's called DSRA. And it's an no. old Gregorian uh, term for like the end is coming or like, you know, like the apocalypse, like. Doom and gloom, basically. And um, once you hear it, you can't not hear it in anything that you listen to. Like, it is implanted. So a lot of Danny Elfman's music in this film has DSRA. Like, literally the song Making Christmas is DSRA. Making Christmas, DSRA. Like, it's really cool when you listen to it. And I think so. I think what sets Sally's song apart is that it's very musically, like structurally different from his other songs in the film. Go on. <laughs> um, I mean, it's I mean, it's in every it's in almost everything that you hear. You hear DSRA, and it's just really cool how they're able to work it in even work it in ways where you you don't like it's not right in front of you like it's it's in star wars it's all in star wars um it's in lord of the rings um yeah it's everywhere if you listen to the episode and then you go and listen to certain songs that he talks about you're like wait a minute whoa this is nuts (laughs) this is the coolest thing i've ever heard well he's a professional Yes, <laughs> but it's apparently because I have a friend who's a musician and I brought this all up to him. He's like, yeah, that's one of the like core things that they teach you in like music theory. And um, wow. so that if you become a composer, you know, like how to incorporate these different motifs, not mo- I guess motifs is the name. Again, I'm not music theory. I'm not crazy well versed in music, but um, this is one thing that I always pick up when I listen. And this is one of those films where when you listen to the music, you can't not hear the DSRA in your in your head. That's wow. Okay, I mean that's <laughs> that's a hallmark of a man that knows what he's doing because he's yeah. using you know actual music theory. That has been, you know, testament for music for hundreds of years, thousands of years, who knows? And he's using what he learned in college and he's applying it to his music. And 
Yeah, he knows what he's doing. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Because I feel like with Danny Elfman's music, you know, especially with Nightmare, but you hear it in, um, like, Pee-wee's Big Adventure and stuff like that. A lot of it is like the, you know, like that, that kind of like bouncy, um, bouncy kind of sounding music. Yeah. He has a very signature he does. sound. And it was very interesting to me when he composed for the Doctor Strange, the most recent one, the multiverse. And when you listen to it, it's not classic Danny Elfman, but there are parts of it where you you're like, hear it. yeah, there he is. I hear yeah. it. I hear it. It's the same thing with like the director, too, because the director was Sam Raimi, who mm-hmm. cut his teeth on horror films. And... When those sequences happened in the multiverse of madness, I'm like, oh, there he is. Yeah. There's Sam yeah. Raimi's flexing his horror muscles. Because, <laughs> like, there's a signature to his filmmaking, like, just like there's a signature to Danny Elfman's music making. It's like, ah, there it is. Yeah. That's what, yeah. you know, that's what, that's the through line with all his songs. Cause, like, you can, you can tell uh, yeah. when he, yeah. when he creates a song. And also, side note with like, the music, because he has his band, Oingo Boingo. Yes. I just find yep. it funny that the villain's called Oogie Boogie, Oingo Boingo. Yep. There's a little, kind of sound, sounding similar there. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt he definitely brought some of that flair from the band in, because that music, too, is very quirky. It's oh, very yeah. It's a dead man's there. party. <laughs> oh, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, I love this. And when you listen to it, you just picture Jack Skellington, like you know, (laughs) going ham at the mic. (laughs) That's crazy because that's you know that was my first introduction to him, and that's that voice. So anything past that, I'm like, oh, it's just it's Jack Skellington. That's really funny. (laughs) You know, Danny Elfman should just dress like Jack Skellington on stage. Just be, I am the Pumpkin King, don't you know? (laughs) Yeah, right. I wouldn't be surprised if he has at some point. He probably has. Yeah. (laughs) I know he performed at Coachella? Probably. He does those music festivals. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I saw a couple clips and yeah, he's like, again, he's just kind of like this weird, like wacky guy. And he's, he's ripped by the way. Like he had his shirt off. He's like ripped. Good for him. Like, damn. (laughs) Good for him. I would have, oh my God, I would have never expected that from him. Right? Because he's old. Yeah. He has those old man muscles. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Okay. Well, Carla, I think we've gotten to the time where we need to talk about this. We teased it in the beginning. Oh boy. So... When you brought this movie to me, before we even talked about it, it was on WSDR, <laughs> where you mentioned like, oh, let's do a Nightmare Before Christmas. I'm like, yeah, it's a Halloween movie. You're like, no, it's a Christmas movie. I'm like, no, you were like, it's a Halloween movie. And I said, I'm, I'm it's a Christmas Halloween. movie. Yes. I'm team. <laughs> it's a Christmas movie. So I want you to plead your case. Why is this a Halloween movie? Well, because let's see. The main character is a skeleton. He's the Pumpkin King. Okay. Okay. And the story revolves around Halloween Town. Like Christmas Town is an element, right? Like yes. it's a part. 
where he goes, he finds out about it. But like we had, like you had mentioned, like they bring a Christmas element into Halloween Town, but it's still Halloween. Like they don't quite grasp the Christmas spirit. And I don't know, like it's not to me, I, I don't get that like cheery, ooh, Christmas time. Like I'm like, ooh, it's spoopy. It's, you know, they're still scaring kids. The gifts are eating the tree. Like it's so for you, okay. And the Oogie Boogie's in it too. Like that's, that's Halloween. Okay. So let's uh let's summarize your points. Uh the tone overall is spooky. Yes. There's a mood to it, and the mood is dark and gloomy. DSE Ray. Yes. <laughs> and the aesthetics, like the story centers around Halloween Town. Um, we have Jack Skellington, Oogie Boogie. We all have, we have these morbid, uh, macabre creatures. Halloween, which is yes. you know part of the Halloween season, it's dark, and Christmas Town is just an element to the story that contributes to. The overall story, which revolves around Halloween Town. Therefore, yes. it is a Halloween movie. Yes. Okay. Now, Stamp it. <laughs> let me plead my case on why I believe it is a Christmas movie. Okay. So, all across the world, for hundreds of years, um, we have scary elements to Christmas, the Christmas time, because it is the darkest time of the year. Uh, it's when the days are shorter. Nighttime is, you know all around us and that's why we huddle for warmth the warmth of other people during this time ah oh, christmas um we have creatures like krampus for example in germany uh, uh in uh, <laughs> uh what do you call it philadelphia uh the east mm -hmm. coast which is a hybrid of krampus and uh uh santa where there's this element of like you know, like here in America, Santa's like the good guy and the bad guy. Like if you're good, he gives you presents. If he's bad, he gives you coal. Uh, in other countries, it's like we have this creature, Krampus. It's like, oh, be a good person. Santa will visit you. But if you're bad, Krampus will come and he will mm -hmm. eat you. He will <laughs> drag you to hell. And it's a way to scare kids into being good. Um, we have those elements there in the story where – just because it's scary and doom and gloom doesn't mean it can't contribute towards Christmas. And specifically with this movie, I believe, uh, because we have this main character, Jack Skellington, and he finds out about the joys of Christmas. It all revolves around him discovering Christmas and the magic of Christmas. He's like, oh, my God, what is this? There's snow on the ground. What's this? They're hanging stockings <laughs> in the air. What's this? And it's like, okay. He discovers the joys of Christmas, so much so that he wants to embody Christmas. He wants to be Santa Claus. has disastrous effects on him, uh, the people around him. Halloween Town, Christmas Town just doesn't work. Um, but And he also has to save Santa at the end of the movie. Oogie Boogie and his minions capture Santa. And Jack Skellington is like, I need to save Santa with the help of uh, Sally, too. They save Santa and save Christmas in doing so. So, and along the way, he discovers who he is, the Pumpkin King. I belong in Halloween Town. I can't do Christmas. So I would say even though Christmas Town is just an element and the story revolves around 
uh, Jack Skellington and Halloween Town. That important element of like Christmas, even though it's a side story, is like the core of the story. It's the nightmare before Christmas. And but it's the nightmare. <laughs> it is the nightmare. Okay. And also, uh, maybe like a generation uh, before us, a person ago, people lived to be 100. So 100 years ago was uh, 1923. You know, you hear songs like, uh, like, it's the most wonderful time of the year. We tell ghost stories and stare, scary, you know, we, we tell scary ghost stories of Christmases long, long ago. Back then, Christmas was a hybrid between uh, Halloween and New Year's because it was in between those two uh, holidays. Halloween, oh, scary. And then uh, New Year's, it's like, oh, celebration. So like Christmas was a hybrid of both back in the day. Not too long ago. Interesting. So we would tell ghost stories and like, I mean, look at Christmas Carol too. I was just going to say. Christmas Carol is like, it's. It's essentially a horror movie. Ah, bah humbug. It gets visited by three ghosts. Oh, yay Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Abridged version. So that's my case is that even though it's scary and macabre. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. There's plenty of uh, Christmas stories that are also scary, but also have the message of Christmas. Okay. That's my okay. case. Okay. Is it a Christmas story? I say, I say, I say we call this, you know, those like, you ever see those cookies that have like half of the chocolate frosting, half of the vanilla frosting? Yeah. Okay. So there's like the Halloween frosting and the Christmas frosting, but it's the same cookie. It's a half and half. <laughs> yes. It's uh one of those like from the from the delicatessen, those black and white cookies. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So a nightmare before Christmas is literally one of those black and white cookies. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the black is Halloween, the white is Christmas. There you go. <laughs> That's why I think this movie's so perfect for this time of year, because like uh, October, I mean it really starts kind of in September, but like September, October, November, December. That quarter of the year is like the festival time. Yeah. It's the festive time. And it all starts with Halloween. Halloween kicks it off. It goes Halloween, Thanksgiving for Americans slash Canadians, Christmas, New Year's. That is, you know, it got four holidays mm-hmm. all in a row. And then the rest of the year is like pretty, pretty dry when yeah. it comes to like yeah. celebrations. <laughs> So I think this movie touches upon Halloween and Christmas. So it's like the perfect time to watch it any time in those like three to four month span. Yeah. So I think it was a trick question. It's both. 
It, it is. Yeah. I don't I think just because maybe as a kid, it was more associated with Halloween for me. Um, Cause it has the like aesthetic. I just always Halloween. remember like my mom putting it on during Halloween time. Um, but no, I, I get the Christmas vibes too. I get the Christmas vibes. So there are Christmas I'd vibes. Say it's there. Both. Like if you put this on before <laughs> Christmas, before Christmas, <laughs> it wouldn't be out of place. Right. Because like there are other like Christmas horrors, like holiday horror stories is a is a genre of movies. Yeah. You got gremlins. Just that Thanksgiving. <laughs> uh, no, I'm good. The movie no. sucked, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah. I could so imagine. Bad. I could imagine. I went by myself for a reason. Because yeah. no one wanted to watch it with me. Yeah. Because <laughs> the movie looked horrible. Yeah. Uh, I watched it so yeah, you didn't is, have to. It is kind of interesting how, like, like you said, it's become its own genre of, like, these morbid, you know. Yeah, you got gremlins. Um, uh, you got uh, Krampus. You got the new movie coming out, Silent Night, which is an action uh, Christmas movie. Last year was Violent Night with uh, Hopper from Stranger Things. Huh. Who he plays like a drunken, grizzled Santa. And he has to like, I'm serious. You would watch it. Watch it. You would like, <laughs> like he gets captured by these mercenaries and he has to like fight his way out. <laughs> it's Jeez. awesome. And like, he was like a Viking from like thousands of years ago. And then he became Santa. Claus. It's, it's, it's such an awesome movie. It's, it's, it doesn't have to go that hard, but it did. And it was awesome. <laughs> it's almost like a, I feel like nightmare falls into that uh, category, like with die hard, like is die hard a Christmas movie. It's set you know? during Christmas. Therefore, I guess it's a Christmas movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. I feel like it's it's just interesting how humans, right? Like our brains just like to everything has to be in a box. Like we have to right. categorize it. You know, it's um, if it was a dish, it has to be one flavor. Yeah, because Stephen yeah. King, uh, in one of his books, like does a pot shot at general audience because, like, one of his book series, The Dark Tower has multiple genre elements to it. There's sci-fi, there's fantasy, there's a Western, there's a drama. And it's like this soup or a stew with a whole bunch of different yeah. vegetables, different flavors. But general audiences, they don't like that. They want their specific flavor. They want, you know, strawberry. They want yeah. chocolate. They want vanilla. They want their one story to have one element to it, not a whole bunch of different things. And yeah. with Nightmare Before Christmas, there's a whole bunch of different things in there. It's not just one element to it. Yeah. Normal people don't everybody like Everybody loves it, but everybody loves it. <laughs> Everyone loves it because it works so well. Yeah. But people, like normal, like if you see like movies nowadays, that doesn't tend to happen. Right. Actually, yeah. for example, there's no comedies anymore. There's no straight comedies anymore. Because remember when we were growing up, early 2000s, yeah. 90s, even a little bit of the 10s. There were comedy movies. Yep. Now movies have to be everything. They have to be an action. They have to be a rom com. They have to be a comedy. And no one likes that. Yeah. Yeah. Just give yeah. me my straight rom coms. Just give me my straight comedies. That's all I want. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's interesting. I never actually like like look at the big movies. Thought about that. It's like it's they're trying to do everything. Yeah. It's like, oh, let's just do it all. One big movie. It's like, no, you could have made like, instead of like a hundred million dollar movie, you could have had 10, 10 million dollar movies and they would have made bad their budgets instantly because it's yeah. a cheaper movie that has, it's one lane. They it's need to me. take notes from Jack Skellington. Don't yeah. go, don't go, you know, don't be something around that you're not. It's something that you're not, you know. All these film producers need to go on their own journey of self-discovery and realize, ah, I am the pumpkin king. They got to walk down that spiral hill, you know? (laughs) Yeah. They just need to sing in the moonlight and realize who they are. With their ghost dog. Yes. Zero. (laughs) Zero. How do we forget about Zero? He's great. There's so many great characters in this movie. And that's why I really appreciate it. Because, like, I really like the mayor, too. Because he has two faces. He's a two-faced yep. politician. Yep. <laughs> yep. Love it. Yeah. So good. So many little characters that I love uh, throughout this entire film. Like, all the characters are all interesting in their, in their own way. Yeah. Like, the little... Uh, I guess they have, like, the saxophone and, like, the accordion. The yes, little musicians. The band. Yeah. Yeah. Even Nice these... work, Bone Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> If you go to like Disneyland or Disney World, they have merchandise for Haunted Mansion. It's Nightmare Before Christmas. And they have things called Bone Daddy on it. Like it's, what? It says, I am the Bone Daddy. And it's no like way. Jack Skellington's face. I'm like, That's great. Yeah, I was like, Huh. That's awesome. that's <laughs> bone Daddy. <laughs> it's funny. It's for the adults. Yes. <laughs> Okay, we reached the end of the show, Carla. We've been talking all about uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, and I have a couple questions to get off the fence about. Let's do it. So in the beginning of the podcast, we talked about how Jack discovers uh, Christmas Town, all the trees, different portals, the different worlds. If you had a choice to go through one of the portals to their respected mm-hmm. holiday-themed world, where would you go? Ooh. That's a good question. Well, because you have, <laughs> obviously we have Halloween, Christmas. We know that Easter is there because we see the Easter bunny. There is a Thanksgiving and I, one. I'm pretty sure there was a turkey. Yeah. And, oh, a shamrock. There's a shamrock oh, yeah, too yeah, yeah. for St. Patrick's Day. Yep, yep. Um, And then I think there's one for Valentine's Day. Yeah. Um... I probably want to see the shamrock because I got a little Irish in me um, and we do celebrate St. Patrick's day nice. every year. So I'd be interested to see what that universe would look like. You might end up in Chicago because <laughs> we dye the river green. Yes. And we yeah. go hard for St. Patrick's day. Yeah. Like the whole city. It's it's a drunken stir. Oh yeah. Of green. Yeah. I would probably do the same thing. That seems like a good time. It's like, okay, what's going on? I've been to Ireland too. And that's Ooh, yeah, that's it's, right. It's a cool it's a cool it's a cool yeah. place. I want to go back. Yeah, I'd probably do the St. Patrick's portal. See what see what that's all about. Probably a lot of leprechauns, gold, rainbows. That would be an Shane interesting rocks. place. Yeah. Maybe Thanksgiving too. 
just a bunch of pilgrims hanging around. <laughs> pilgrims and turkeys. <laughs> Native Americans. Yeah. There'd be a lot of good food. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. That would be awesome. It would be like uh, in A Christmas Carol, uh, A Ghost of Christmas Present, where it's depicted as a feast. Oh, the joys yeah. of Christmas. There's a whole bunch of food everywhere. That's how I would imagine it to be. But I need to get it's definitively just... off the fence. I would say St. Patrick's Day. I think it would be one big party. Yeah, yeah. With leprechauns. Oh, my God. It would be cool. Be dancing. <laughs> Doing the Irish dance. Oh, my yeah. God. It'd be so cool. <laughs> Guinness everywhere. Yes. <laughs> oh, that would be so awesome. So let's talk about Jack Skellington now. Is he a sympathetic character or a misguided one? Because we talked about how he was isolating himself. He had an identity crisis. Went to Christmas Town. Thought he could be Santa. Learned that he wasn't Santa. Embraces who he truly is. Do you think he's sympathetic or is he just misguided? Um, I want to lean more towards sympathetic because I think that everything he does, there's no like ill intent, right? Like he's not trying to hurt anybody intentionally. Um, so I think he wants to like spread joy. He wants to, you know, bring these happy emotions, even though what he is associated with is not necessarily happy. Like people enjoy Halloween, right? Like right. people like that element, but like the general uh, vibe of Halloween is scared and, right. you know, spooky. And right. um, I think everything he does is because he wants, because of his self-discovery, he's like, oh, I want to share this with everybody. Um, mm. So I think he's, you know, I think he has that emotional, sympathetic component to him. Um, and that's why we don't dislike him, right? Because you can be mad. Like, yo, this guy's trying to ruin Christmas. <laughs> like, who is he? He captured Santa. He's torturing Santa. He's torturing all the kids on Christmas Eve. Like, Not on Christmas intentionally, Eve. though. Right. And I think uh, I think that's why we there's no sense of, oh, like, I don't really because, you know, you, you have those main characters and many other stories where like they do things that are good and then they do things that are not great. And you're like, I like them, but I don't like them. Like very like <laughs> Tony Soprano or Walter White kind of vibes. Those like, like I like this guy, yeah. but I hate him at the same time. Or Kylo Jack Ren doesn't, for Star Wars. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you're like, I, Jack Skellington doesn't have that, even though he plays that, like, good guy, bad guy role. Yeah. It's, very, it's very different. I think he's sympathetic, too, um, because, like I said, he's not doing it intentionally. It's just a by He doesn't know any better. Right. He's doing yeah. his best. He's not, like, going out there, I'm going to ruin Christmas. He's like, right. I can do this, too. And it's, he just can't. Because he's a Halloween person. He can't do the Christmas thing. Yeah. And I also think he's sympathetic because, like, we all root for him because there's a little bit of a Jack Skellington in all of us. Because we all went through that journey of, like, who am I? Yep. What's my role in the world? Who am I? And we need to go on that journey to figure out who we are. 
So it's pretty universal sentiment that as I'm watching, I'm like, oh, that was me at one point, or that's mm-hmm. me now, or that's, you know, my kid is like that, or I was like that when I was a kid, you know, that type of stuff. Where right. it's like, I can see myself in Jack. He's very like relatable. That. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's why it's beloved too, this movie, mm-hmm. is that Jack is a very distinct character, but like deep down, our brain, our brain and our heads are like, that's you. <laughs> yeah. Remember? <laughs> Remember when you tried doing something that wasn't you? Or you're trying to fit in somewhere. That and you, you failed. Yeah. <laughs> and then you realize like, oh, I, this isn't my group. This isn't my yep. clan. I need to go back to, you know, where I truly fit in. Yep. Halloween town. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So this is going to be a controversial one. Second to last one. If there was a sequel <gasps> to Nightmare Before Christmas, Nightmare Before Christmas 2, what other holiday celebrations would you like to see represented? So it's like the Nightmare Before Thanksgiving. <laughs> my, would it work? My, res- my one word response to this is no. <laughs> <laughs> It would Leave be terrible. Leave it alone. It Leave would it be so bad. alone. It is perfect in every which way, as itself, standing alone. Just no, don't. <laughs> I think Tim Burton and Danny Elfman, as long as they're alive, they will never make that happen. They'll be like, I absolutely not. not. Yeah. But money, fuck you, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I feel like the yeah they're both you know i want to say level-headed <laughs> enough i don't know if that's the right word to describe them but like again it's not it's not necessary you know it's they a have perfect, self-respect yeah it's a perfect story within itself it has a very clear beginning and a very clear end yeah like like if you want to think about what would have happened if he went to you know valentine's world then this is why we have like fan fiction and stuff. People oh, go write it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like Oogie use, your, brain, comes use back. your imagination. Yeah. Nightmare Before Christmas 2, the return of Oogie Boogie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he steals all the holiday people. Boogie's revenge. Yeah, Boogie's revenge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, because I think of, every time I said Halloween Town, I think of the movie Halloween Town and how there's mm-hmm. like three or four of them. Yeah. Calabar's Revenge. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, God, yeah. do we need sequels to this? This is terrible. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I I don't want a sequel to this. It does it, it's totally unnecessary. We don't need one. It would ruin uh the legacy of Nightmare Before Christmas. Because they'd yeah. be like, Oh, did you see that terrible second one they made? Ugh. Yeah. Let's just it might be inevitable, but I just don't want it to happen. So I think I know the answer to this, Carla. Would you recommend A Nightmare Before Christmas to a friend? 150%. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's so good. It's it really just, is. like I said, it's so classic. It's nostalgic. It's amazing visually, musically, you know. Um, it's just such a different and unique movie. Like, Tim Burton's done his other stop motion, you know, um, like Ween, Weenie, Frankenweenie, Franken whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what's the other one? Uh, Corpse Bride. Corpse Bride. He didn't do Coraline, right? That's um, not him. Because I always no. think it's him, and I don't think it's him. It's not. Um, it came yeah. out around the same time as Corpse Bride, but he did not do Coraline. Okay, yeah. Um, and like those are cool, but they haven't they haven't hit that you know they haven't hit that level of i don't know there's just something uh tim magical about the film yes you know it's like you said those tactile elements like it's just just so good it's so good in my opinion (laughs) like tim burton is definitely a visionary um but i think he dare i say lost his way as he aged like Mm -hmm. His aesthetic became like his brand. Yeah. Like, yeah. When he started doing, when he starts applying to like other things like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, uh, Alice in Wonderland, it just, in my opinion, just doesn't work. Dark Shadows, like, hell, he did Dumbo too. Like, I forgot about that. It just doesn't (laughs) work. And it's like, what happened to the young man who did like Beetlejuice and like Pee Wee's Big Adventure? Like you could see his style there, but it's yeah. it's more nuanced and subdued. And like mm-hmm. if you were to say he were to do like uh this movie now, it would be all CGI. It would be like super exaggerated. Like yeah. it just wouldn't be the same. He had like these long extended sequences, 3D animation. It's like, mm-hmm. God, because I think of like all like Charlie and Chocolate Factory where you like see the factory and it's like all these 3D elements and making the chocolate yeah. and uh, the hundreds really... of Oompa Loompas dancing. It's it like, so weird. So bad. It's so <laughs> It's controversial so... to say. I didn't like the movie. I like the original Charlie and Chocolate Factory is better. Yeah, I think he just became... I don't know. I, I I don't want to say lazy, but like he became a parody of himself. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be that kids. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for recommending this movie. Like I don't watch it every year like you, but like every time I do, I can't help but enjoy myself. It's such a classic film. It's so fun to uh, to watch. Yeah. And, like, the humor is just timeless. I mm-hmm. love this movie so much. It's so good. It's one of those movies you could watch it over and over. And it's like you always catch something new every time. Right. Like, whether it be a little detail or something you didn't realize about, like, what a character says or something in the background. It's... You're always like rediscovering these little right. little nuggets throughout the throughout the movie, and be like, oh, because we yeah. know the movie so well because we've seen it so many times. We can then wander to see other elements right. that's on the screen, and it's like, oh, I didn't notice that because I'm not focusing on the main focus anymore. It's like I'm looking around at the sets, looking at these other characters, noticing details that were buried in there, the subtext. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this movie is a gem. It's a treasure. Yes. Everybody go watch it. Go watch it. Because it's the season for it. It's the season. (laughs) I'm glad we agreed on that. Yes. (laughs) So, Carla, thank you so much for coming on. I know you have your own podcast. 
Where yes. can the listeners find you? Uh, so I have my uh, personal Instagram tag is Carla Marie G I A C Carla Marie Jack, if you will. Oh yeah. Um, and I am one of the co-hosts of WSDR Galactic Public Access. We are mainly a Star Wars podcast, but we do. Uh, I think not too long ago we actually did an episode on Nightmare Before Christmas. Um, I was not there. I could not record, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so I'm making up for it here. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we, uh, you know, we travel to other universes, which is a fun part of uh, fun part of the show. Um, and you can find us uh, at the tag WSTR Media. All one word. All Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Fun fact: Twitter, I coined the phrase X, "across the universe" that you guys use. <laughs> That's. I think our first one was Alien. I think it was like episode four. Or oh, something. really? Yeah, huh? A little fun fact for yeah. for you and the everyone listening. Nice. Yeah, go go check them out. Go check Carla out. WSTR. So, yeah, thank you so much for coming on, Carla. This has been a blast as always. Thank you for having me. I uh, yeah, anytime. Um, I know this. Like we said, this one took a little longer to to nail down. It was but, cooking. Uh, cooking for a while i'm yeah. glad we finally did it we made it happen and um anytime uh you want to have me back i'm all i'm all for it well carla it's been real until next time stop that scroll and spend more time watching goodbye everybody that's it for this time on the syndicate we hope you enjoyed yourself keep the conversation going by adding us on instagram and letterboxd at syndicate or join the Discord server where you can catch Armand along other podcasters and listeners at syndicate.com slash discord. And until next time, stop that scroll and spend more time watching. Goodbye. <laughs>